Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn over to Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. We preached last Sunday out of 1 Peter 3, where it says, home doesn't have to be miserable. How many thought about that this week? I thought about it. wanted to make sure that home wasn't miserable. <laughs> How many have found out if home's miserable, you're a big part of it? Anyway, <laughs> that's a person I look at in the mirror, and uh, I've found out I'm, I'm real good at pointing out everybody else's faults in my home, and the Lord says, yeah, why don't you go look in the mirror? And uh, maybe you sweeten your attitude and the home would be better. I said, well, Lord, I'm the pastor. I'm preaching for everybody else, not for me. (laughs) And uh, now that's applicable to each and every one of us. Ephesians chapter number six. Let me ask this. How many have raised children in chapter six, verse number one was one of their first verses that you had them learn? Children, because they couldn't pronounce the R. Obey your parents in the ward, for this is right. <laughs> Man, we started ingraining that into them. Obey your parents in the ward, for this is right. And uh, we're going to read these few verses. If you're able to and willing to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. Ephesians 6, we're just going to read the first four verses here. Verse 1 says, Children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord." And I say in a matter of just a few verses, and these principles are reiterated over and over throughout the New Testament, that the Lord's given us detailed instructions on how to raise a home. And I want to preach for a little while this morning, and don't worry if you say, I don't have kids or mine are already grown and out of the house. This is still applicable to each and every one of us. And I'll show you how this is, but I want to preach on this subject, on it's time to train up. It's time to train up. Let's pray, and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for the Word of God. I'm thankful for the practical application that you give to us. And Lord, many cases throughout the Word of God, it is just simple and plain and clear. Lord, on how we're supposed to live and what our duties are on a daily basis. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd encourage us, help us, challenge us today. And, Lord, we'll thank you for what you're going to do now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Bible reminds us over in Psalm 127, and you can read this a little bit later, but there's only five verses there. Psalm 127, as David was writing, says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. 
Do you understand he said heritage there? He did not say burden and nuisance. Well, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So much in those five verses about God blessing us with a home, God blessing us with children. He says they are in heritage, and we can look at the word heritage. It's something that's been passed down to us or has been taken as a possession. The Bible says that's what our children are to us. Now, before you say, well, I see where this message is going, and this is only about raising children, yes, that is true, but let me remind us of what we're going through in 1 John chapter number 2 right now, where the Lord is reminding us and is addressing in 1 John 2 and is calling young and immature Christians, actually calling them little children. And so I believe some of the same application that we can look at here when we start looking at how we should raise the children in our own home, we can still apply to each and every one of us that we ought to be teaching and educating new Christians that are around us. I won't take the time to turn over to all the verses, but it actually talks about the older ladies ought to be teaching the younger ladies how to be keepers at home, how to take care of the home, how to be able to work with their own hands and to be able to keep things. We have Proverbs 31 that talks about a virtuous woman. And so we see the parallels here between raising children in our home and we also see them about teaching and educating and discipling new converts and young Christians that God allows to be in our hearts and our lives. As we look at the importance of God's given us children, let me remind us, as I made mention, they're a heritage of the Lord. They're not a burden that, that's been given to us. It's not a matter of, I can't wait for these kids to be able to get out of the house. Now, yes, we, we raise them to be able to get out and to be able to fly on their own, but you know as well as I do that the days of raising children are not over till we see our Savior. But yet, as I was talking this week with some, it seems like the relationship takes on a, a whole different role when you've raised them to the point and now they're the young man or the young lady that, that God has intended for them to be and they may get out and they start their own nest somewhere. But then that relationship changes that you're not so much telling them everything that they need to do except you step into that next phase of relationship where you can actually be enjoying and there's, there's friendship there and there's camaraderie there and then you can send the grandkids home and they have to clean their own house and they have to take care of things there. But we look at this in the stages of life that we go through. And I want to come back to Ephesians 6 and I want to share just a few things here on it's time to train up because you know this as well as I do that we look around at the young people that are in society today and it just seems like they're missing some good training. Now, before we blame it all on the young people, 
I believe if we go back and we start talking to their parents, in many cases, I believe the training up of young people today has been handed off to the school. It's been handed off to the youth group. And let me say this, if the uh, four hours a month that your teenagers are here with our youth pastor in youth group is not offsetting the hundred hours a month they're spending on a video game and online and watching videos. And I apologize, we're not making much use of that four hours. But they've handed off, that was sarcasm by the way, okay? But the responsibility of training up the young people has never been given over to the church. It's never been given over to the youth group. It's never been given over to the school system. But it has been given to those that God gave the children to. And that responsibility that is there, may I say this, that our youth group, our church, and the young people being around here, it ought to just be a compliment to what is already being done and taught and enforced at the house. But you can tell today that across our society, we have some of the rudest and meanest young people walking around in town today that I think we've ever come in contact with. And how many, if you talked to your parents like that, would have come to about 15 minutes later over in the corner? You know as well as I do. I wouldn't have been able to talk to my mother like that, talk to my father like that, my grandparents like that. So now you have, Miss Crystal and I were watching the news this week, and she said, hold on, that said Concord. And then I looked at the news station that we were on, and it was actually Boston News, so it was Concord, Massachusetts. But where you have teenagers running around down there, and where in the world did this even become acceptable that they're shooting cars at an intersection with an airsoft gun? just because it's a dare for them to be able to accomplish. I'm thinking I wouldn't even have dreamed of doing that and my parents finding out about it. So before we blame it all on the next generation, let's remember that God has given young people to us with the responsibility and may I dare say the honor and the privilege to be able to raise them. And I want to make a couple statements here, and you'll probably hear them multiple times throughout the scriptures, that we better be willing to train them up or the world is willing to tear them down. We better be willing to train them up or the world is willing to train them down. We better be willing to bring them up or the world will bring them down. And when we understand our biblical responsibility on its time to train up, and it's time that we understand this back in our homes and also in our churches, and especially with new converts that are around us. I'm back in Ephesians chapter number 6 now, and let me share a few things as we look down through these verses. First of all, it says in chapter 6 and verse number 1, "'Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right.'" You say, Pastor, how are we supposed to uh, train up our children, number one, in the requirements of what's right and what's wrong? Who is the God-given authority 
in the home to be able to teach the children. May I say that the only manual manual that children come with is none other than the Word of God. Now, we see this command, children, and we love to harp on this for the young people. Hey, children, obey your parents, and that is just as true today as it was over 1,900 years ago when the Apostle Paul wrote that verse to the uh, saints there at Ephesus. And so, young people, you're not getting away from it today. It's not a choice, but it is a command in the Word of God to obey your your parents and all God's children, young people said amen right there. Amen. Now listen, let me make a distinction here. It does say children obey your parents in the Lord. So it's not that if your parents are giving you ungodly um, commands to obey, we don't go against the principles of the word of God. Okay. If my, my dad never once, now listen, he never once said, Peter, I want you to go downtown and I want you to get drunk. I wouldn't be able to follow that command, say, no, dad, that's against it. Well, I'm going to obey my parents. No, that's not what the scripture's talking about. And we love to be able to preach this the same way that I am right now. And parents are amen in me. And they're thanking the Lord that a pastor standing up and telling their children they have a biblical responsibility to obey their parents. But he closes this verse out by saying, obey your parents in the Lord. And this little prepositional phrase, for this is right. And so as I meditated on that verse once again, how do the young people know that this is right? Someone has to teach them. When's the last time we as parents sat our children down and said, listen, this is what is right and this is what is wrong? Well, I'm more of a free-range parent. The only thing about free range is usually with a chicken, they always come home to roost and you can find them outside. But you know something? My parents weren't free range parents. And I know that's a a popular modern term that's today. I'm just going to allow them to be able to make their own decisions. And you've got your head in the sand so deep that you don't know what's going on around you. Well, no, I just want them and I teach. Hey, It's okay to teach them what is right and what is wrong. You say, well, what's the basis for that? You've been given the word of God. And we have principles, commands, and precepts that God has laid out for us inside of his word. And it is okay to sit some young people down and tell them that the attitude that they have, the actions they are committing, and the direction they are going is wrong against the scripture. And if we don't teach them, then who's going to? Well, they'll just figure it out on their own. No, they won't. God's given them to us. And do you understand if the average lifespan is about 75 years of age, you've got about 18 to 20 years 
to be able to pour into them, to teach them, to train them before they step out on their own and have to live what you've taught them for the next 50 years. We have a requirement of what is right and wrong according to the scriptures. Hey, listen, it wasn't a choice in my life while I was growing up on whether it was right to go to church or not. And can I just harp on this for just a moment? It's okay for some parents to be able to tell some young people what you're wearing to church is not appropriate. Well, they just need to learn on their own. No. They need to be taught. But we as adults, listen, we'll complain all the time, won't we, if we get thrust into a new job. Oh, they never trained me properly for how to do this job. Hey, what about some young people? Sit down and teach them. Hey, why not give the Lord your best? Well, I'm just not going to make them do anything. Hey, that's our requirement is to teach them what's right and what's wrong. And there ought to be a submissive heart. And if they buck against it and they fight against it, guess what? You don't have their heart and their heart's not surrendered to the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. There is a requirement, and I know you've seen this as well as I have. I'll get outside of our church. You stand there in the checkout line at Walmart. How many, it's just always a blessing to hear that kid screaming because they want what's right there on that shelf? How many of you actually want to end up slapping the parents instead of the... I'm not condoning any of that, okay? But listen, I'm thinking, if you say no, shouldn't their word mean something to those young people? Hey, mom said no. That ought to be the end of it. So they come back six other times screaming, and finally we just pacify them and give it to them? No, they're just adding up their discipline for when they get back out to the car. That's all they're doing by keep screaming. You're not embarrassing me. I'll sit there and point it out. Hey, my kid's just screaming. Don't worry. They're just not getting what they want. Hey, we have a requirement to be able to teach them the difference between right and wrong. Go all the way back into the Old Testament. He said we ought to be having the scriptures around us. We ought to write them upon our hearts. We ought to write them upon the walls. We ought to be teaching them the scriptures. How do they know what is right? We teach them. We teach them. We train them. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Very simply, if you don't obey your parents in the Lord, guess what? That is wrong, according to Scripture. Now, this isn't a message on the kids today. It's a message for each and every one of us. Listen, let's train them up. Because you know something? Every hour that you're not and you're allowing the world to be able to do it and all the influences that are out there, guess what? They're training them not to do right. They're training them how to do wrong and making it so easy to them. Oh, no, they have their best interest in mind. The world does not have your children's best interest in mind. But I want to encourage us the requirements of right and wrong. But then can I say this, starting in verse number two, he moves from children, obey your parents to honor thy father and mother. And we ought to train up our children in relationships that are proper. 
Do you know what I was actually told? I had parents that actually had the intestinal fortitude, had the guts to say this to me. Peter, you're not hanging around with them. Because their language isn't right. How they speak to their parents is not right. And if you ever think you're walking in here and speaking to your mother like they just spoke to their mother, you've got another thing coming. Well, it moves beyond. Can I say you there's two different uh, principles here between verse number one and verse number two? In verse number one, it is an absolute duty to obey your parents in the Lord. But verse number two says we ought to be instructing them in relationships. Honor thy father and mother. And look at verse three, that it may be well with thee. But then he says in verse number four, and fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. The relationships in our lives, it ought to get to the point that it's not that my children have a relationship with me because I mandate that. And they're just simply obeying the scripture. But some of you that have adult children, you know how it is when they're not just having a relationship because they have to, but they're having that relationship because they want to. And there's a difference that is there. It's moved from simple obedience to now honoring. Now it's not that I have to obey them, but I am coming for input. I am coming for advice. We have that relationship that there. And can I say this? It's not just a relationship between parents and children. I believe that we can apply this. That Listen, we ought to be raising the next generation to be able to have relationships that are Christ-honoring with those that they come in contact with. That we can actually put up some red flags and be able to say, hey, that's not a Christ-honoring relationship right there. That, that, that's not pointing you more towards Christ. That's actually drawing you away some. Well, I'm just of the belief I'm going to get my, my kids around every worldly person that I possibly can, and then maybe they can be a good light to them and they can be an influence to them. Can I say this? I'm going to allow mine to be a light in a controlled environment. A controlled environment. I'm not just going to put my kids to the world out there and say, hey, go make friends. I don't need to know where you're at. I don't need to know what you're doing. I don't need to know whose house you're over there to. That never took place. Never took place. But I will say this, relationships that are proper. The Bible says here that we're supposed to honor our father and mother. That word honor means to revere, to respect, to treat with deference and submission. So let me bring it back down to the young people. I wonder if that's the relationship that you have with your parents right now. One of honor, not just obeying. That, that deals with the heart attitude that's behind the outward actions that are there. Honor thy father and mother. But are we teaching them to be able to have relationships that are proper and respect inside those relationships? You know what the greatest example is of how to have a godly marriage and to be able to teach the next generation? for a husband and wife to exemplify that inside the home. And then they know. You know what I, I try to show my, my daughter? I, I want my daughter to see a dad that treats her mom like a queen. And that's how everything's supposed to be, and then she'll settle for nothing less. 
I want my son to be able to see that, hey, here's what a godly man is supposed to do inside the home. And listen, not just by command, but out of honor. They can see that, and then they can say, this is how a relationship is supposed to be proper. You've heard it over and over and over. You have relationships with the next generation coming up, and all they do is treat people inside the home the same way that they were treated inside the home. Believe it or not, they're just doing what they were taught. And we wonder why homes are miserable today. Because they're just doing what they've been taught for the years. And they don't know any difference. And I say this, my wife and, and some of you have heard her testimony and everything. She spent almost as much time at, at my house growing up after we met each other. We were high school sweethearts. And uh, as much time growing up. And she saw a whole different family at my house and around some church families than what she ever did see in her family and her extended family. By God's grace, can I say this? By God's grace, if the Lord allows us to be able to stay together and we don't separate, which everything, everything's looking good right now, okay? And uh, by God's grace, everything's, everything's great right now. I don't, I don't think there's anything coming. But by God's grace, let me put it this way. By God's grace, if we stay married... Do you know it would be the first one in her family on her side that stayed married? Now listen, that needs to be taught. Relationships need to be taught somewhere. And as Christian parents, listen, we're losing this battle. And we're allowing the world, you say, well, I just keep my kids right at home. Yes, but you don't understand on how many hours they're looking at that screen and where their education is coming in from, and being able to learn those things and learn that language. We spent time in church, I mean, over and over and over. We had to stand in policy with our kids that if they didn't know what a word was, they had one opportunity to be able to ask us and they wouldn't get in trouble for saying that word. And so they came to us. There was a couple times that they came to us and they gave us that word, and I'm thinking, where in the world did you hear that? They were hanging out with Deacon's kids, I believe. <laughs> we're thinking, where did you hear that? They're not out running around in the world. They're not sitting on video games. But we'd been sitting in church. And I'm thinking, hey, it's not those people's responsibility to be able to raise my kids. It's my responsibility. They had one opportunity. Come to me with that word. Come to their mom with that word and say, hey, is this wrong? <laughs> and they'd say that word, and it'd just shock us, honestly, it would. And then we'd say, yes. Yes, that's a bad word, or, or no, that's not a bad word. I won't get into some of the comical words that we've been asked. Is that a bad word? Some of the kids know what I'm talking about now. I won't get into that, but listen, relationships, our responsibility of what's right and wrong, it's time that we train up. And it's time we take our responsibility. Now, I understand this. There are parents that do their absolute best according to the Word of God and the principles of the Word of God, and their kids still get to the age and they go the wrong direction. Now listen, you have examples of that through the Scripture. In fact, what took place with Cain and Abel, they were both raised in the exact same household. 
One chose to do right, one chose to go his own way. You have Jacob and Esau that are in the exact same household, going different directions. You have that throughout Scripture. I don't take away free will. But we do our best. Biblical commands, biblical relationships that are proper and to be able to teach them and to be able to train them, it is our responsibility as parents. Now, can I bring it over into the spiritual realm and give this application? Can I say when God gives us spiritual children, I'm saying we've been able to lead someone to the Lord. They're they're young in the faith. Do you know what we have a responsibility to do? Teach them. Teach them the word of God. Teach them what relationships are right and what relationships are wrong. Hey, you ought not to be hanging around with this crowd. You're a child of God. Here's the commands from the word of God that we ought not to be living like that. We have a responsibility. And guess what? If we don't train them up, someone else is going to. It's time to train up. Thirdly, let me say this. And we can teach them about the difference between right and wrong. We can teach them in relationships that are proper. But I'll say this, beyond anything else, I believe our number one thing, look at this in verse number four, we need to train them up in their responsibilities to the Savior. Responsibilities to the Savior. Verse number four says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. You understand that word provoke, and I'm I'm not going to preach on this phrase so much, but to provoke means to stir up. It means to push that direction. We ought not to be doing that. We ought not to be treating the next generation in such a way that they are going to be getting angry and full of wrath and to be able to go their direction. And it seems like, and and sometimes, and, and listen, I'm not coming to your house and butting in on the way you're choosing to raise your children. You'll hear it preached right here from this pulpit. And if you choose to go out and do differently, then that's completely between you and the Lord. But I'm thinking with some treatment that I've seen with parents to children that I'd get mad at them and I'd turn and walk away. The Lord says, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. You ought not to be pushing them that direction and and trying to entice them and see what you can do to be able to get them angry. But here's what he says to do. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I want you to see this. I have four words that's written down here under this matter of our responsibilities to the Savior on how we're supposed to train them up. First of all, it's a continual responsibility. He says here, but bring them up. Is that just a one-time thing? Wouldn't it be wonderful? At, At the age of five, I sat my kids down and I said, all right, I said, here's the difference between right and wrong. I just had to tell them one time and never had to instruct them again. No, how many parents wish that that was the way it was? But it's not. But I've also found out that wasn't the way it was with me either. One time you go in and teach your child how to clean their room and make sure that it's to mom and dad's approval and you never have to say another word because you've taught them once and it's always like that, right? No, it is continual. If we think that we just have a part-time job as a parent, if we think that we can just, well, I've told them once and I just trust them, they're going to follow that. 
you can rest assured that the world and the devil is not sitting back saying, well, I've enticed them once, I've tempted them once, I've tried to teach them once, and so I'll just leave them alone. No. It is a constant, continual battle for the souls of our young people. And listen, we can't, I'll I'll get on fathers right now. We can't as fathers just put the responsibility over on the moms. And we can't just be an absent father and expect them all to turn out right. He said, fathers provoke them not to wrath, but who's he addressing there? Fathers. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Listen, it is continual. Bring them up. But then I want you to see the second word here. It's comforting because it actually says bring them up in the nurture. This is where we as men fail a lot of times, don't we? And there's not one man here that would actually admit and raise your hand and say, how many would say this is the word that describes you? This is a great, you're so nurturing. None of us want that to be said about us. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not nurturing. In fact, we go the opposite way. They fall down, scrape their knee, rub some dirt in it, and walk it off. That's nurturing, isn't it? I mean, that's help in in certain areas, yes. But can I say this? In the nurture and admonition, that word nurture actually means to, it promotes growth and education and instruction. To nurture them is to bring them along instructing them and educating them and promoting growth. That's what we're supposed to do. How many have already started your vegetable plants for 2022 for spring? You started your seeds. They're coming along. You know what you're doing? You're nurturing them. You're promoting growth. You're bringing it along. And listen, that's our responsibility towards this next generation to teach them responsibilities to the Savior. It's continual. We don't take a day off from being a parent. It's comforting, but not just comforting. But can I say this? There's correction involved also. Because he says, bring them up in the nurture. But then he says, admonition. That word admonition, if you go back and look at it, it means counsel or reproof against a fault. You say, well, my kids don't have any faults. I know they're making better models today, I know. I mean, than what they were when we were growing up. But when I was growing up, every one of us had faults. But now we're to the point that you talk with parents and their kids can do no wrong. I mean, just ask them. They just bit someone. They just pinched someone. And it was all someone else's fault. It wasn't theirs whatsoever. And we live in that society. There's nothing wrong with my kids. Don't dare. Hey, if you come against me with something that my kids did, I'll be the first one to agree with you. And say, you're probably absolutely right. Well, your son slapped my... You're probably right. <laughs> We went through a phase, he went through it, and this is where being preacher's kids, I won't tell you which one, but one of ours went through a biting phase in the nursery. And it was so wonderful after church. We always had those parents coming to us. And you know what I said? I never once said, no, they probably didn't. 
I probably looked at him and said, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I just, it just, they're, they're sinners just like everyone else. What I won't stand for is that their kid wasn't innocent. Anyway, that's another whole message right there, okay? But listen, sometimes it's a correcting. Sometimes it's a, it's a reproof against a fault. Listen, we need to teach our kids when they do wrong and how to do right. The same way with young Christians, listen, they're going to mess up. That we teach them, hey, that's not how a Christian ought to be living. That's not the habit of a new Christian if we're trying to honor the Lord. But then I want you to see, see this. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition. I want you to see the concentration of this training. It's the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Of the Lord. I wonder how much of our focused training at the house is in their relationship with the Lord. I read a statistic one time, and I've made mention of this. I think it was said because sports is a, is a big thing. And I think overall, and I, don't need, I can't remember if it was this high or not, maybe less than 3% of all young people that played sports growing up will actually even have a chance to be able to be on a professional team. And they said, what focus are you given if it's less than a 3% chance that they'll be on a professional team, but there's a 100% chance that they're going to stand before God? Can I say we have to have a concentrated effort and training and bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? It is okay to train our young people in what is right and what is wrong from the Word of God. And for them to be to the point to stand up and say, that's wrong. It's not wrong because my parents tell me. It's not wrong because my preacher tells me. It's wrong because the Bible says so. And for us to be able to look in here, listen, we better be training up our children. Our homes ought to be conducive to a spiritual environment that is pointing them to Christ. And you say, well, how is that? Is what you have on your television every night conducive to pointing someone to Christ? Is what is on your social media or on your radio, if some still listen to the radio, I know some do, or what's on your computer screen when they're walking in, is that conducive to them knowing the difference between right and wrong? Or do we have a generation that will just be trained up and they'll just live like the previous generation, unholy before the Lord? And I want to encourage us, listen, we either train them up or the world will tear them down. Train them up or the world will tear them down. And you can rest assured that if you're not looking to spend the time with your kids, the world's looking to spend the time with your kids. And they're looking to pour into them. Now, can I say this? It's never too late to start this relationship. You say, well, my kids are, my kids are older. It may take a little bit more time. Be able to start working that direction. There's some that you don't have children yet. Get these principles down before you have them. There is family after family after family that says, listen, I wish I had knew, known these things 10 years before I had children. The Bible gives them to us. Hey, it's okay to teach them what's right and wrong coming into the church house. 
It's okay to teach them how, what proper relationships ought to be. You ought not to be treated like that. It's okay, practical. You say, well, they're 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. They can make their own decisions right now. If we haven't done the job training them for the first 12 years, they're not in the position to make their own decisions for the next five. Training them. Hey, why not teach them what's right inside church? Why not? It doesn't have to be miserable. Well, I was just told I had to do this and they had the wrong spirit. So we throw everything out that we were ever taught. I'm saying, Lord, would you help us to be able to train up? And if you've got young people around you, you say, well, I don't have any children. Then dig in and help another one. And be the example. Come alongside of them. Not contrary to their parents, but come alongside. They ought to see that example inside church. We ought to have the greatest godly examples in our children's lives when they walk inside the church house. I'm saying, Lord, would you help us to be able to train them up? It's time to train them up. It takes work. It takes effort. And you're not going to do it sitting on your phone eight hours a day. I don't know when Netflix became the new babysitter. I don't know when, hey, I'll just keep them busy. Moms say their kids are going the wrong direction, but I guarantee if you looked at their phone use, it's 8 to 10 hours a day that moms are sitting on their phones and wonder why their kids are misbehaving. Behaving. And dads come back and totally disconnect. We don't quit being a dad when we walk back in the house after a long day of work. We don't. Well, I'm tired. How do you think she is? She's had to put up with your kids. And at that point, they're your kids, aren't they? How many have ever used that? Yeah, your kids today. It doesn't stop because we walk in the door from a long day. Parenting is 24 hours a day. Middle of the night, middle of the day, you never stop worrying about them. Listen, it's time to train them up. Let's get our responsibility. Some may need to sit down with some teenagers, may need to sit down with their kids and say, hey, we've been slacking on a few things. There's some things going to change. Young people, if that takes place, have a submissive attitude and obey your parents and honor them and say, we're drawing this back in. It's okay to do that. It's okay. You say, how is this all going to happen? Well, I'll close like I did last week. None of this happens without Christ being the center of the home. None of it happens without Christ being the center of the home. And if Christ isn't the center of your life, if He's not the center of your marriage and not the center of your relationship, guess what? You cannot exemplify that and be able to train the next generation that way. He has to be the center. And if He's not today, parents, then make Him the center. Grandparents, and that's another whole message right now, but it seems, boy, it seems like the responsibilities of parents today have just been pushed off on grandparents. How many more times we see, hey, it's grandparents that are raising the kids because the, the grandkids because the kids are off somewhere. Boy, we need to have these principles down and be able to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You train them up or the world will tear them down. I want my kids to be able to stand and to be able to have a relationship with us but then with their Savior.